0: The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with EY, building a better working world.
1: Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. This is my first podcast of 2024, so Happy New Year to you all and thank you for tuning in. Housing is undoubtedly the biggest domestic issue on the political agenda right now, with a focus recently on the long commutes being faced by workers in certain key roles in Dublin. Recent reports by the Irish Times have revealed that some workers in the Rotunda Hospital in Dublin are commuting to work from Germany and Spain, while many in the National Maternity Hospital are living outside the capital and enduring commutes of two and a half hours a day. So it's perhaps timely that a new report has been launched with a potential solution to this thorny issue. Authored by veteran businessman and investor Pascal Taggart and young law graduate Luke Cantwell, the report has suggested that the state should shave 10% of land off Dublin's major parks to free up 450 acres that could be used to build apartments for up to 80,000 key workers. That's guards, teachers, nurses and others with key roles in the workforce who find themselves priced out of the Dublin market for accommodation. It's a left-field idea, and I began by asking Pascal Taggart to explain the backdrop to his proposal. I think the plan, Pascal, I mean, you know, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting idea for sure, but it's perhaps a little left-field. I mean, you're talking about taking 10% of the land of all the major parks in Dublin and setting it aside for housing for uh, key workers, and the housing for key workers bid is, is certainly uh, worthy, there's no question about that, and there is an issue in providing... Houses within reach of work for teachers, guards, nurses, affordable um, housing and others uh, in childcare and so on. But the idea that, I mean, you cite the Phoenix Park, for example, in the report, it's 750 acres. So using your metric, 175 acres of that would be shaved off for housing. Now, you can see how there would be a lot of opposition, presumably locally, but also from environmental groups and so forth, uh, at the idea that. 175 acres in one of the major green lungs in the heart of Dublin city will be taken away, even for something as worthy as housing for key workers? Absolutely.
2: We're not underestimating the antagonism towards this particular problem.
1: Where's the solution? There's nobody really
2: talking about key workers. All we're seeing is Dublin degenerating. No law and order, no nurses, no teachers, no ambulance drivers, no bus drivers, and if it's not dealt with, we will not have a successful economy. What's going to happen is the multinationals are already aware that we've a law and order problem with the rights. That's all going to go back to head office. So what will happen is they will stop recruiting. And then if it gets worse, they'll go somewhere else. And if it gets worse again, they'll leave. And this is a, an incredible difficulty for inward investment because we're getting all this very bad publicity and we're top of the affordability league. Now, being number one in the affordability league is a bad thing because that means you're the worst of the ten cities in the world in providing accommodation. So therefore, people are going to go to Malaga, they're going to go to Lisbon, where they've got cheaper housing, and we're going to go down the tubes. And it's as serious as that. You know, this is not... And by the way, i just make this comment, which is absolutely, totally what I believe. We need these key workers more than they need us this is not a charity thing this is for the future of dublin for the future of my children luke's children everybody's children they're doing us a favor by taking up these um, vocations and we're, we're looking at a real crisis you know of gigantic proportions both economically and socially and our solution and it's been tested 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 is a brilliant solution i've talked to people about it. People use the parks when it's three weeks of good weather. There is miles, acres and acres of room the rest of the time. So people are going to cut off their, you know, <coughs> cut themselves off from doing something which has to be done. If there's an alternative which is better, we, we were quite happy to pack our bags. I've got to go play golf. So I've seen nothing, and we've seen nothing that comes remotely close to settling this crisis. And by the way, and Luke will give you more of this because I'm going to stop talking about He's going to represent the young people and living at home and people going away and want to come home. And then let's take the older people. You take a father and mother down in knock the in County Kerry. Their kids are away in Melbourne, Sydney, Dubai. They would like them to come back. The kids would like to come back. But they're having a the hope of coming back. Now, With our with our solution which is very very simple as long as the public and you see this is where we're coming from if the public want our solution they have to get it so take that Kerry people so this girl she doesn't want to go back to knock and work in tralee she doesn't want to go back to slago and work at slago she wants to work in the top class hospitals in dublin and have a social life in dublin when Kerry when Kerry are in the all ireland the mother and father can come up and stay the night for free because they can't afford the july prices in the hotels
1: Luke Cantwell, you did the research um, for this report. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and also your own situation. As I understand it, you're 23, you're a law graduate and living at home. So how are you finding the
0: uh, accommodation crisis um, such as Pascal has outlined? I'm a young person who's witnessing many of his key worker friends emigrating because they can't afford to live in the city they want to serve. That's at the core of this. Um, Yes, I am. I'm a recent graduate from DCU. I undertook a bcl i'm currently a legal and policy researcher with free legal advice centers and i also spend my weekends up in king citric restaurant in Hotel as a duty manager and i am living at home i've been living at home the whole way through the whole way through school the whole way through college i suppose dublin whichever way you want to look at it dublin has a unique advantage or disadvantage that most people who are from dublin and live in dublin They stay there in their parents' house all the way through college. And that can't be said for many other capital cities in Europe. And the kind of situation that creates is that once people come through college and they finish and they're faced with a housing crisis like this, it's very difficult for us to move out at this age. So that creates a situation where people are emigrating more and more often. So look, what we're talking about getting going here is we're talking about prioritising key workers for housing in Dublin. Because what that's going to do is it's going to encourage people to undertake the profession in the first place and it's going to it's going to secure the future of our key public services. So what we propose in our paper essentially is that between the state and the local authorities and the OPW is that they designate 10% of our state-owned parkland as outlined in the paper to the designation of housing for key workers specifically and beyond that it would be taking 10% of whichever park and on that 10% we'd be looking at uh, housing development of luxury fully furnished top of the line two-bedroom apartments 800 square foot for two key workers and that's the be all and end of it really I mean beyond that the ins and outs that can be legislated for who would pay for the construction of the housing well, the thing is, is that we're going to issue this through a government bond. So essentially people would be encouraged to invest in their own society's future and their own economy's future for something as meaningful as this and that in turn the government wouldn't really incur a cent.
2: If we put together a solution that requires no funding from the exchequer, the government would issue a 2.5% tax-free bond. And that would be very popular because for a high taxpayer that's worth 5%. And for the person who's getting no interest at all, it's 2.5%. So it's very attractive. And there's a social aspect to it. And that old money is all lying in banks now. Nobody's getting interest for them. So we're actually doing the economy a favor because there's not much use there. The building of them is exactly the same as anything else. In other words, the whoever's in charge, whatever, minister in charge, they just tender for the, uh, the building the tender for the furnishings, the tender for everything, and the councils have nothing to do. And this is the beauty of this. My my research showed that we had a lot of council houses in the past, and they got out of them primarily because there was so much trouble. Here now, everything's done for them. The funding is easy, the interest rate is low, and they end up with 120 million a year profit without doing anything except get the legislation through. And this is all about two things, about the government and the councils agreeing to the legislation says we can do this after that this is easy easy easy
1: sorry just uh, walking through the bond again how much how much do you estimate we'd need to build? Oh, this 14.2 mm-hmm. billion it's, it's a figure it maybe a bit more okay so we say four, 14 billion and how that's over um I, I think probably a 12-year period so how would the bonds how would the bond be structured very simply
2: that uh get somebody to handle this but they're going to offer, the same as the SSA, they're going to offer a bond which pays 2.5% tax-free and people will subscribe, end of conversation, you get the money easily. And then at the end of that 10-year period or ten year period, they take another bond, another bond, and every time that happens, your uh, asset base is going up because you've now built your really apartments and the asset is there. And more importantly, the government, if it does the right thing, will have a creditworthiness that, is no problem getting 14 billion now you might wonder how you can say it's no problem it's as easy as falling off a log now say for example the government didn't like the tax free aspect the ntma can borrow that money at two percent you don't involve the public and, it, and it's easy because they can fund this around the world every city in the world has got incentives for key workers to have them working in the middle of a city london has it new york has it and, and they're quite a big incentives. But they've been doing it for a long time. And the other point which I would make, which is very, very obvious, all these cities have got underground transport systems. Which means when I have worked in London I could get an hour's tube, no stress, no nothing. We can't get there. Over here you hit the M50 and then you're in a car park. So they've got advantages we don't have. We have disadvantages all around. And the disadvantages are with too many cars, not enough roads, and this is one way of taking 80, taking eighty thousand people off those roads because along with that they don't need a car. So then the incentive for these people to keep in these jobs, come back, because they're 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 so much better off. And it's not costing us anything. The councils will be are making a hundred and twenty million for free. And these people are now coming back again. Six six fifty a month, which is a, a very, very good discount. Like this is banana stuff, you know.
1: How can harnessing the power of AI help drive your business? At EY, we combine leading business expertise with cutting-edge technology and capabilities. Working directly with you to plan your strategy, we will accelerate your AI-enabled transformation. To learn more, visit
0: ey.ai forward slash IE.
1: Pascal, DLDA does seem like a logical place to go with this plan, given that they're doing something similar. I think they, their plan uh, is to build more than 60,000 social and affordable homes for uh, people living in Dublin. And uh, presumably key workers will, will, will feed into that as well. So have you, have you considered going to the LDA with this plan? Could I say something? We want this plan to be adopted
2: and we walk away. We're talking about excess land. And we haven't even touched on the 80 the, the, the new uh, artificial football pitches, which are multi-sports, multi which where the kids the, the schools can use them in the mornings, the clubs in the community in after the afternoon, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, and they're replacing a pitch that's, very, that's not often used and in bad condition. And in the evening time, men and women, particularly women, can run around these pitches and feel very, very safe. There's a social part of this which is phenomenal. And the, and the financial part of it is the easiest financial projection I've ever looked at. You know, it's, not, it's easy. And I, I don't, but the big problem is, and I, I don't, see, I know how hard it is for politicians to even talk about parks. We're, 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 we're started the conversation. Now, I'm going to give you one, that's the last thing I'm going to say. I've got friends who live in Herbert Park. They're doing three, four, five million pound houses. They would love to have this community beside them. Love it not uh, law and order nurses teachers i lived beside bushy park and i remember the castle golf club i've researched it there there's nobody i met wouldn't would object to having a community they would love a community here so it's it's a plus all around financial facilities and we're doing the job for the government because they can't do it and the reason they can't do it is if yale for example mentioned parks they'd lose 10% of their vote, 20% of their vote. And even Sinn Féin weren't capable of making this big decision.
0: I've been utilizing every every social media aspect I can get my hands on recently to try and get this out to not just close friends of mine, but I mean, anybody who listen really. And I mean, all young people across Dublin are crying out for help for their key worker friends to get them to stay, to get them to come back and to encourage them to keep doing the jobs that they're doing. And I mean, through research for this proposal, Amongst many other things, I mean, the research was almost, we didn't have to look very far, which is rather worrying. I mean, even in the past month or so, in the papers on the headlines, you'd see stuff like the National Maternity Hospital staff commuting from Armagh, new school schemes yielding just one shared teaching position, and stuff like the Rotunda staff from the Rotunda Hospital commuting from as far as Spain and Germany. And that's just the newspapers. I'll give you two examples to be specific to give this some context, right? I spoke with a 24-year-old staff nurse they live in a house in Rathmines with their boyfriend and three of their other friends and they're splitting the four four 4,800 per month rent between them, or about 950 euros a head, right? Their lease is up at the end of this month and so far, despite their hard work, they can't find a single thing within their budget. Now, they're reluctant to move home, understandably so, since they're now in their mid-20s and they've had a taste of living independently. So now all they can really think about is emigrating. And it's tragic and it's upsetting and it's it's compelling, really. And something that they made absolutely clear to me and that they were at pains to make clear to me was that this is widespread. This wasn't just a singular case. This is widespread across their ward of numerous hospital wards.
1: I don't think anybody would question the issue that you're you're seeking to address, Luke. Um, but would they be in favor of taking, let's say, 175 acres off Phoenix Park or five acres off Bushy Park or, um, you know, 30 acres of Marley Park uh, near Rathfarnham? Because that's quite a, you know, that's quite a quite a different uh, thing.
2: That's a very simple question, which we've asked them. And we're living here and we've asked them and they say we would welcome it. You see, you're all concentrating on 175 because it's a big number. But you've got to remember there's 1,750 acres in the Phoenix Park. There's 50 acres in Bushy Park, 5 acres. You know, we're not talking about, we're not even interfering with the, with the amount of available land for people to walk on or play on. This is, this is 10%. You know, and if people can't get over that 10% loss, what is a loss, guarantees the
1: future of Dublin. But, we, but all our research shows that they do. It's it's a no-brainer. Pascal Taggart and Luke Cantwell, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Pascal Taggart and Luke Cantwell for joining me on the show. John Casey produced this episode. Thanks also to our sponsor EY for its continued support. Remember, as a subscriber to the Irish Times, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today, email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on X, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.
0: The Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with EY, building a better working world.